Scene 4. Bend it like a buttercup. Chantelpiece City on Tuscarora Mountain. Wit Moon Day Terse. Morning, 29th of May, 1284. As its background in black flame, miracle working, and magic culture attracts more gossip on Tuscarora Mountain, Johnny Appleseed receives an ever-growing stream of visitors. He is honoring his promise to instruct the elves in the non-military applications of black flame, and thanks to his generosity and humble service in helping the colony, a good many elves are open to hearing him tell them stories from the Bible. A few even request baptism into the Christian faith. On this fine, sunny morning, Florence knocks on the door at Betsy Rose Mansion, and Nganyan stands proudly behind her. Dungaree Jean opens the door and says in runic, Why, Mademoiselle Florence, such a pleasure to see thou hast returned. Please come in. She steps in, but Nganyan politely waits outside. Florence notices the slight at not inviting him in, and seeks to rectify it. She asks in Eldrick, Would you mind if the Monsieur Nganyan joined us? Dungaree Jean wears a stern face. I don't believe the Monsieur Nganyan and I have any business to discuss. If he wishes to apologize to my daughter for his behavior of late, ah, here she comes now. Zena creeps down the steps, red-eyed from hours of crying. She sees the visitors and whimpers. Monsieur Nganyan? Nganyan steps forward and says in runic, I do wish you apologize, Mademoiselle Zena. I have treated thee most unfairly. What business had I to propose marriage to thee when my heart was all along bound to the Mademoiselle Florence? I have come to set things aright and call off our hasty engagement. Straining to hold her nerve together, Zena replies in runic. Thou canst not, Monsieur Nganyan. I have not agreed to a secession of our betrothal contract. Nganyan shows no pity or remorse. As it stands, thy consent is irrelevant. Since thy betrothal contract with Monsieur Lynx was on record when I proposed to thee, the scribe at the council chambers never even entered the contract we submitted to the registrar. For the future, please remember that before thou wilt be free to enter into a new betrothal contract, thou must obtain a public copy of Monsieur Lynx's death certificate and present it to the registrar. Zena's eyebrows curl with intense frustration. She switches back into Eldrick. But that's the love potion speaking, not you. I have the recipe. I can fix this. Dropping down into Eldrick as well, Nganyan waves it all away, saying, Oh, don't be ridiculous. Most love potions are fakes, hawked to unsuspecting and desperate teenagers who cannot deal with rejection. He then looks at Florence lovingly and says in runic, Even the real ones can at best simulate a passing ardor. My love for the Mademoiselle Florence, I assure you, has never faltered since the day I first laid eyes on her. To wonder if Zena is crushed at hearing those words is like wondering if a crusty pretzel sitting on an anvil is still edible after a grand piano has fallen twelve stories down upon it. If only Nganyan were frantic and emotional, she could process his reaction as a gut-wrenching predicament that he is struggling to escape with a bout of bizarre, erratic behavior— but the dispassionate rationality behind his words makes her realize it's over for good. Her normal reaction to not getting her way is to throw a temper tantrum, scream and shout, and say hurtful words to her loved ones. This time around, she just stands there, dizzy and unable to speak. With the unpleasant formalities accomplished, Florence steps forward and says in Eldrick, Madame Dungaree, Master Levi and Captain Gunner have arrived from Fort Luden, with their mercenary companies. The Council of Perfects would like you, as acting dean of the League of Nations, to convince them to stay and help us fight off the crusade. You will have a budget of $500 for their expenses. 
The council is also willing to promote non-elves to the Order of Silver Elves if they prove themselves exceptionally valiant in battle. But please be aware that, as of now, no official protocol for inducting them has been approved. No guarantees. You have come up with some clever ideas. I hope for your sake that you manage to put them into effect to aid Shentlepie City in this upcoming war. Dungaree Jean says, It sounds like a threat. Florence continues in Eldrick. It is. By the way, if we do survive this attack by the Crusade, the Council of Perfects is now convinced that Bartleby did in fact sell the Athabasque recipe to Master Chief Engineer Tom Thumb. Before confirming you to the Office of Dean, they want you to kill him and make sure no one else has gotten a hold of that recipe. If you fail, you will be executed for treason and your family will be banished. That is also a threat. Dungaree Jean stares wide-eyed and speechless at Florence, while her heart skips a beat or two. What happened to the sweet girl who was Zena's best friend for so many years? Zena, for her part, is still so stunned that she shows no reaction whatsoever. Dungaree Jean finally finds her voice. You publicly announced it was all a big misunderstanding. The Council of Perfects would not allow me to publicly humiliate your family without hard evidence. Since I could not produce any, they forced me to come up with some excuse to recant my accusations. Thanks to the Thieves' Guild, we now have conclusive evidence, and other information damaging your family's good name. If you eliminate Tom Thumb, we'll lock that all away in the secret archives and confirm you as Dean of the League of Nations. Lock it away? Why not destroy it? Florence cannot fathom why such an intelligent person cannot see the obvious, so she states it clearly with fire in her eyes, to make sure you do not give them a reason to unlock it. They gaze at each other in silence for a menacing moment, like two lionesses pacing in circles around each other without breaking eye contact to so much as blink. Dungaree Jean's mind spins furiously to come up with a counterattack, and then she pounces. The Monsieur Major League's umpire has stated that the League of Nations is to include a unit of undead warriors. Will you be transferring the undead warriors you summoned at Thor's base to my command? Yes, says Florence with a snarl. As soon as this issue with Tom Thumb is resolved and the Council of Perfects officially confirms your appointment as Dean of the League of Nations. Not all Perfects are convinced the League of Nations is a good idea, since its only official member right now is a spellbound pen mage university dropout pointing to Xena. I highly recommend you take the Council's advice to recruit Master Levi and Captain Gunner for the war effort before they figure out that your leadership here is nothing but a waste of time and resources. Dungaree Jean gasps at the rudeness of the insults and presses on. In Thor's base, after Master Gulliver's talk, you placed an Arkenstone in your undead father's mouth, rendering him invincible. They are quite rare and hard to come by. May I ask where you got that particular Arkenstone? No. Florence waves her hand and dozens of Justiciar League police barge into Betsy Rowe's mansion. Dungaree Jean's hired bravos intercept them with their swords and knives drawn. They are all brilliant duelists, but have no discipline for fighting in ranks, and their fancy footwork would be useless in such confined quarters. Dungaree Jean orders them to stand down. The Justiciar Leaguers seize Johnny Appleseed's wheelchair and push him out to Florence, who holds up a letter and announces in runic, Johnny Appleseed, I hereby place thee under arrest for espionage and subversion against the Tuscarora Elves. Johnny Appleseed asks, What's she saying? Dungaree Jean ignores him and speaks directly to Florence in Eldrick. What is the meaning of this? Reverend Appleseed is our guest. Arresting him is an insult to our honor as his hosts. 
Precisely. Florence grins and flaps a letter in front of her face. We have intercepted a letter written by Johnny Appleseed, informing the Inquisition of our military technology. He will be hanged as a spy. No! He wrote that letter to avoid a war! He was trying to save Tuscarora Mountain from a crusade! How could you do this to a sweet old man? You may recall that he affronted my father's honor after he delivered his Ted. Zena chokes, then cries out, That was me! You never figured it out, but I put him up to it. If I have learned anything from your two-timing ex-fiancé, never say never. I knew all along. So you knew all along and never had the nerve to do anything about it? Officer Bunsey shackles the crippled missionary and wheels him out. Florence concludes, Never say never. I just did something about it. Aren't you proud of how grown up I am now? She walks out the front door.